Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. How many ready for the, the word of the Lord? Come on. Listen, when we come to church, it's not just a social gathering. Come on, amen. This is not, you don't go to church just to check out somebody and just to just hope to see somebody there. No, we want to meet with God. And I want to encourage you to keep that childlike faith that you have. Thank you, Shalini. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I was going to be walking on the clouds here for a second. <laughs> Glory to God. And I just admire some of your childlike faith. I was telling Matt uh, the other day, I just saw him worship. Sorry to call you out, Matt. But, but it's just, I, it, I was moved that a... That honestly, a man, because sometimes man has these stereotypes like we got to be strong all the time and we got to. And he was just weeping before the presence of the Lord. I'm like, that's the key. That's the key to stay hungry and to stay tender, not to allow society to define what true manhood is. Come on. Or womanhood is. Amen. Well, today, I want to encourage you today. I know there's a lot of people missing, but I want to start a new series here today. Um, and I just, I feel like a, a, a preaching anointing today, okay? Now, there, I mean, so actually, I haven't started a series in a while, but this is probably only going to be a two-week series, but I, I have, it's been burning in my heart for a while, and just know that there's people here that are in, that are in a lot of need, right? And sometimes we don't understand why we're in need, and we got to remind ourselves that the Lord is not just called the Lord, He's not just called God. He's just not just called uh, Adonai. He's also called a shepherd. He's a shepherd. And I want to do a series today called The Good Shepherd. I want to go deep into what the Lord means when he calls himself Good Shepherd. Because in the Old Testament, that was a very foreign title given to an almighty God. Yet the first time you hear God being mentioned as a shepherd is in the Old Testament. But that's going to be for part two next week. In part two, in part two, you'll actually see in Psalm 23 that David, the original shepherd, do you remember that? Think about it. David was a shepherd tending sheep. That was his uh, occupation. He learned the ways of how to deal with sheep. And I'm going to tell you this in a second because this is important why, why sheep is important. Because you're going to be encouraged and also... Um, may be uh, humbled at the same time. Why? Because in the Old Testament, David, which I'll talk more next week, called, listen, for the first time, they called him the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God of, uh, uh, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They called him the, the, the great God, the counselor, mighty counselor, mighty God. But here comes David, and he calls, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He had a revelation of a side of God that we all need to have. Hear me. There's a revelation of a side of God as a shepherd that we all need to have. Now, why do I say this? I'm glad you asked. Because in the Bible and in Scripture, uh, God connotates uh, um, um, his church, or he names his church many different ways. Let me give you an example. Uh, he, he depicts a church as the body of Christ. Is that correct? He depicts a church as uh, the bride of Christ. Is that correct? Come on, don't fall asleep on me. If someone's falling asleep on you, say, wake up in the name of Jesus. All right, there you go. They depict the church as the friend of the bridegroom. Right? All these are depictions of the church. You know what other depictions of the church is? Is 
uh, the, a community. That, the Bible calls a community. A family. Yeah. A flock. Yeah. But watch this. He also depicts the church as sheep. And sheep are desperate in the natural for a shepherd because sheep are some of the dumbest animals. I'm serious. <laughs> sheep are some of the dumbest animals on the planet. <laughs> listen, listen. And they're, listen, because they have poor eyesight. Look it up. They have poor eyesight. They do what they want. I'm serious. In the natural, listen, listen. And they're stubborn. I, 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 this is natural sheep, what I'm talking about. Natural sheep, their eyes are not that good, right? They're always filled with all these uh, bugs that, that trap them and hurt them. I'm fast forwarding, but there's a reason for the oil upon your head. Because the oil was not just for anointing, it was to get the bugs out. Mm, I'm just going to... But the reason why I say this is because since sheep are dumb and stubborn, encouraging word, <laughs> this is why they desperately need a shepherd to lead them out of their hardness and stubbornness and foolishness. But in the spirit, we are the sheep. Praise the Lord. Good morning. And we need... And that's why we need a shepherd. But oh, not any shepherd, a good shepherd. Oh, I love this because I'm going to show you that in the Old Testament, how God calls us sheep. And then I'm going to tell you the first time in the New Testament that Jesus himself calls himself the good shepherd to his sheep. Now then, what does that mean? We're going to break that down. Look at Psalm 100 verse 3 in the ESV. I'm going to have Chris uh, read. If you're, if you're ready, Chris, and some of the scriptures, Psalm 100, verse 3 in the ESV, you should have your Bibles at church, but if you don't, you can look up on the screen, all right? What does that say, Chris? Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Just listen, we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. That's Old Testament, okay? I'm glad Jesus is the good shepherd. Because we desperately need it as sheep. So because we are this way, I want you to look at John chapter 10. That was an Old Testament. Now I'm going to read John chapter 10. This is the greatest, in my opinion, as I've studied, example in the New Testament of what a good, of God calling himself. Listen, he could have called himself many titles. But there's a couple things that I had some revelation on that he talks about. Look at in John 10. Now, John 10 is a very popular scripture. I want you, listen, I give you permission to shout. Come on, Rady and the team, the second row, you're my shouting team. Come on. When I need some amens, I'm going to look at you, okay? John chapter 10 in the ESV, verse 7 through 16. I want everyone to turn there, okay? We're going to break this down because you're going to be encouraged that you have a good shepherd watching over you. He's a good shepherd. Everybody shout, good shepherd. Good shepherd. I love that word good. I could break that whole service down just in the word good because there's a lot of shepherds that are not good. I said there's a lot of shepherds that beat the sheep and they're not good. Jesus wanted to break the stereotypes of how we see shepherds. He says, I am the good. Now watch this. Jesus again said to them, now, now follow me in verse 7. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am. Everybody say, I am. I am. 
little foreshadow there. I am, everybody say, I am. The door of the sheep. Mm. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Ooh, that's a, that's a word. The true sheep didn't listen to those false people or false shepherds or false things that are trying to pull them away because they know the shepherd's voice. Right? I am the door. Everybody say, I am, I am. the door. He don't say, I have the door. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, come on, he will be saved and will go, oh, I love this, in and out. Everybody say, in and out. Yeah. Now, don't think of those burgers in California. I know some of you are like, oh, you know, if you've never been to an In-N-Out burger, that's, that's Holy Ghost worthy, man. I'll tell you right now. No? You don't like it? Okay, well, in and out. Anyways, this is not talking about that. He goes, I am the door. And you then could go in and out, watch this, and find pasture. The thief, everybody say the thief, comes only, only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Now watch this. I am. Everybody say I am. Say I am. The good shepherd. I want you to catch it. Some of you are not catching it, but I'm going to explain it in a second. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We're going to break down what that means. Why is he a good shepherd to us? He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep. Watch this. Look what they do. They see the wolf coming, and then they leave the sheep alone and flee. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them scatters them he flees the, the this shepherd does because he's hired there's a difference between even in the natural in the spiritual realm of a, a shepherd that's a hireling or a leader that's a hireling and a shepherd that's really truly called by god you could tell a true shepherd from a false shepherd of how they treat and deal with the sheep especially when a wolf is coming listen now, now watch this he flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, here he goes again. Do you see the emphasis of Jesus? He's trying to get a point. My wife sometimes says, you repeat yourself. Well, I, said, I get it from Jesus because Jesus repeats himself. He's like, you just said that three times. Like, well, I know. But look at Jesus. I am the good shepherd. Again. He's saying, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I laid down my life, Jesus said, for the sheep, and I have other sheep. Oh, God, I think that's talking about us too, that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. Watch this. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is, this is packed with so much revelation that I'm going to try to unpack to you today. I just read these verses because I'm going to give you these pointers about the good shepherd in John chapter 10 and why he is the good shepherd. Because of you, some of you, I feel this in my spirit, you're going to be healed this morning by the revelation of the good shepherd and what he does and what he's been doing to try to keep you from wolves. Sometimes it's the mercy of God that, that you're in a certain situation that you may not like because it could be worse. But one of the things that Jesus said before, now watch this, he said, I am the door. One of the facts that reasons why he's a good shepherd, because first of all, he says, I am the door. Jesus is the door of the sheep, and we are the, his sheep. 
I said, Jesus is the door of the sheep, and we are his sheep. But the thing that I notice emphatically, now get Exodus ready, that scripture. The thing I learned emphatically when I saw John chapter 10 is that Jesus in this scripture in the New Testament comes on the scene, listen to me, and he answers with specificity, that's a deep word there, with specifics, all right, the mystery title of the Old Testament, oh my God, where Moses was approached by God and said, I'm choosing you, Moses, to deliver the people of Israel out of bondage. You remember that, right? And then Moses, like any normal human being would say, he said, okay, God, thank you for choosing me. That's like thousands and thousands of people there in bondage. I'm scared. And when I go to the Hebrews and I tell them that the, the, the God of Israel has sent me to, to deliver you, what's your name? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You know what God says? Tell them I am who I am. Oh, you, you, you're, not, you're, not miss, you're missing it. I am that I am. I'm the great I am. And if I was Moses, I'd be like, okay, I am what? I am. Tell him I am sent you. I am what? And he left it open. Look, look, look at what you'll see on the screens, what Exodus says about this title and how Jesus now answers this in the New Testament. Watch this. Look at this. Look at this. Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, and then 13 through 14 in the ESV. Look at it. And now behold, the cry of my people mm. of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now wait, that's a command from God, right? Everybody sees that, right? I'm using you. Imagine God appearing to you in a burning bush and says, I'm going to send you to your family that doesn't know the Lord, and you're going to be used to set your family free through me. You're going to be like, praise God, let's do it. Now Moses, watch what he says in verse 13 and 14, and then we're going to go back to John. Watch what he says. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Huh. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Could you imagine that? He goes to the Hebrew people. Who sent you and by who authority are you here? We don't know if you're a weirdo or if you're sent by God. And Moses comes on the scene and says, I've been sent by God, guys, to end your misery. Who sent you? I am. <laughs> what? That sounds like that old, you know, joke, uh, riddle, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third, you know, like, what do you mean, I am, I am, you are, no, I am, you are, no, I am, so you're the I am, no, he's the I am, but watch this, it left it up to us, watch this, in the New Testament, Jesus answered the mystery title, he goes, I am the door, come on. I am. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the same person because their Father, Spirit, and, and uh, the Father, Son, and Spirit are one. He is the one, most likely, that said, I am, to Moses. The Lord Jesus himself in the Old Testament, along with the Father and the Son, he goes, I am. Now Jesus comes on the scene and goes, I'm going to tell you a mystery of the I am. I am the door. 
Let's, I just want to first talk about the door before we talk about anything else. The reason God is a good shepherd, guys, because he is the door. What does a door symbolize? Accessibility to his presence. Because we no longer have to wait for a friend, to be anointed friend, and wake them up to ask for prayer. You don't have to wait, wait for your friend that is anointed to ask for prayer when you're working for, or when you're needing something because you have the door and you have access to go in and out anytime you want. Listen, the accessibility is important because the Bible says come boldly to the throne of grace. Why is that important? Because some people feel that they don't have access to God when they have fallen. If you have fallen and you've asked God for forgiveness, he is still the door. And I love this because in is symbolic of refreshing, coming in to get his presence, coming into his, his glory and be a fresh infilling. But the out is a an, is an sample and a prophetic example of delivering the power of the spirit that you received when you got in in and out in and out you go in and refresh you go out and pour it on people you go into his presence and receive the glory and you go out and pour it out on people you go in and receive the anointing and you go out and pour it out on people that is the in and out it's a door it's a door and there are certain things that can only be accessed on the other side of a door oh come on church there are certain things that can only be accessed on the other side of the door. But Jesus is not any door. He is the door. It's the place of entry to the Father. And many people that don't have a relationship with God are looking at all the things that God has to offer, but they cannot access it because they refuse to go to the door. They refuse to go through the door. They want what's on the other side of the door, but they don't want to go through the door. They want the peace of God without the lifestyle of obedience. Come on. You can't have the peace of God and ask for the peace of God without a lifestyle of obedience. They want the benefits of the door. What's on the other side of the door? They want the favor of God without being obedient to the voice of God. They want to have a knowledge of scripture without hardly opening up the Bible. They want a fire in their heart without spending time with God. I'm here to tell you, the oh, glory to God, glory to God. I want to take a moment and praise God for his accessibility. I want to take a moment and praise God for the door. You know why? Because you don't have to leave a physical location to enter the door. While you're in your computer at your work, you could go through the door while you close your eyes and say, Lord, it's stressful, but I need your presence right now. And even in your seat at work, you don't have to leave a location. You can enter the door. While you're driving, you can enter the door. While you're sitting in your couch, in your living room, and all of a sudden you say, I need you. And you turn everything off. And Lord, I ask for your presence right now. You enter the door. You don't got to go to a conference to enter the door. You don't got to go wake up your friend. You don't got to wait for a pastor, a bishop, a leader. Woo! Come on. You can enter the door. Listen, and go in and out anytime you want. I said, anytime you want. All it takes is a moment and a pause, and you're right in. In the Old Testament, you couldn't do that. It was a process. You had to be clean, and you had to go this, and you had to wash your hands, and it was step by step by step by step. It was very disciplined. 
But there was no Holy Spirit living in people. The, new, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is this. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit walked with man. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit lives in man. So you have to understand, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have access to the door. Every single second. There's times when I'm overwhelmed and I, the door is right there all the time. I close my eyes and I enter in. You and I could go into the throne room in a split second. Can you imagine that? With your eyes closed, you're in the throne. We're seated with him in heavenly places. Say he's the door. Some of you, you need to praise God again because he's accessible to you in your darkest times. I want to encourage you, in your lowest moments of your life, the door is there. The door is there. Revelation says, I'm knocking at your door. But, there's, uh, but, but here's the thing. This is important. One of the things, and here's my second point, that makes Jesus the good shepherd, I never really thought about this, is that he warns us that a thief is coming. Jesus being the good shepherd. I would not be good to you if I saw a thief coming and I never warned you about him. I would not be a good shepherd to you if I saw somebody. You would not be a good parent if you saw a wolf coming to your house and about to devour your children. You just say, oh, look at that. Look at that pretty wolf. Oh, oh, what's happening there? Oh, 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 oh. Hurry up, kids. Come inside. Or, right? No, 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 no. He's a good shepherd. Watch this now. Oh, Lord God, help me preach this thing. Because he warns us in the midst of saying, I'm the door. He goes, I want to tell you, there's a thief coming. And one of those jobs of any shepherd in the natural, if you study shepherds, some of you have, what is one of the main responsibilities of a natural shepherd that actually tend natural sheep? They, they lead them to pastures, familiar, green pastures so they can eat they have to leave them or else that's a whole nother thing they'll eat the whole pasture so they have to they keep on eating but you know what the shepherd does in the natural he's always on the lookout for the wolf and a true shepherd when they see the wolf they will take out that staff and they begin to with the rod whack and poke and whack that wolf until the wolf flees but there's an aggressiveness of that shepherd. Why do I say this? Because Jesus, being the good shepherd, warns us that the thief comes to do three specific things and, and almost only always three specific things to the sheep. He comes to steal. Think about that. He's prophesying. We never saw it this way. He's saying, hey, I am the door, but I want to warn you. I'm the good shepherd. There's a thief that the Bible calls the devil. Or a wolf, or even a roaring lion. That's what the Bible calls these things. And he says, they come, he comes to steal, to kill, and he comes to destroy. Are you ready for this? But just because we have access to the door does not mean that the thief will not come. That was a point up there. Look at this. Just because we have access to the door 
does not mean the thief will not come. And that's why the Lord is a good shepherd. Because in the midst of him saying, I'm the good shepherd, in the midst of him saying, I'm the door, he said, there's a thief out there. And if you lower your guard, he's going to try to steal everything that I poured inside of you. He's going to try to steal and kill every purpose that I put inside of you. I'm here to tell you, just because you pray in the spirit doesn't mean a thief is not coming. Come on. Just because you pay your tithe does not mean that the thief is not going to try to come in and attack your family. Just because you are in leadership and activating your gifts does not mean that the thief is not going to try to come in. That's why the good shepherd warns us because if you knew a thief was coming, you would lock all your doors. And, and in the church, we have so much freedom that we forget that we have open doors to the thief and the enemy. And we give him legal access through the doors that we open. Through unforgiveness, through lust, through anger. And it's not repented. Then the thief comes. To steal. What does he steal? He steals part of your vibrancy. He steals and destroys relationships that you've had for years. He destroys a person with affliction. Jesus, being the good shepherd, said, the thief is coming. So why are we shocked when the thief comes? Jesus never said the devil won't stop attacking us or, att or tempting us. But here's the thing. You would prepare yourself if you knew that a thief was coming. Amen. Do you understand Jesus being the good shepherd is actually trying to prepare the church to say there is a thief, there is a wolf that's trying to come and attack you, watch this, and get you away so that you will not serve the Lord. Oh, come on. There's a thief. There's a devil. The real enemy is not me and you. It's, listen, it is the enemy. There's a thief. And we spend so much energy uh, disagreeing with each other. And we have we spend so much time and strength and energy getting offended with one another that we don't realize we're on the same team. And we got a devil to fight. We got a devil to resist. Yes, he, we have to resist him. This, we, we, listen, we have freedom and we have victory at the cross. But just because we will win the ultimate battle does not mean we're going to be scraped in some, of the war, in some of the battles along the way. We will win the war, but there are some battles that we may not win. There, yes, there may be some battles that hit us hard and knock, off, knock us on our feet. And it's when we're the lowest is when the thief tries to come and steal and sap the joy of God right out of you. So whatever we're arguing about, let's get over it because a thief is coming. I said, whatever we're stressed about, let's get over it. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. Something happened there. Oh, And bottles of water. The devil, the Bible calls the devil a thief, calls him a wolf, but he also calls him a lion. A lion is a pretty crazy thing because it's a connotation for Christians and for the enemy. The righteous are as bold as a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But in the, in the, in the epistles, he says, the devil, watch this, roams around like a roaring lion. Now, please hear this next phrase. Seeking who he may devour. That means he, does, he can't devour just any believer. He can't devour just any believer. Because if the doors are locked, the thief can't come in. 
But if the doors are open and the doors are cracked open for the thief to come in, then he, listen, like a roaring lion. Have you ever studied a lion when he is about to attack? Oh, this is so good, I'm about to slap myself. Listen, 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 listen. Have you ever seen these National Geographic videos of how a lion gets some, uh, somebody? Please listen to me. This is powerful. Or how a wolf or how a hyena tries to get someone. You know what they do? Hmm. They sneak up, right? They sneak up and they look. But who are they seeking? Think about it. Think about it. The Bible says the devil roams around seeking who he may devour. Who does he seek? Who does he seek? Think about this. Who does he seek? That's right. He seeks the, the sheep or the animal that has separated from the flock. Because of hurt, because of weakness, because they're foolish and they go their own way because they're sheep. What happens is that sheep desire to do their own thing and says, I don't want to be in the flock anymore. I don't like this shepherd, and I don't like these flock, and I'm tired of it. You know what? I'm tired of eating grass. I want some potatoes. I want to go over here and get some, some other thing. And what happens, the enemy waits until there's isolation because isolation is the breeding ground for the devil to come and destroy. Oh, glory to God. That was a point up there. Isolation Listen, the isolation, put the isolation in one. The wolf observes who has isolated themselves from the flock so they could be easy prey for the wolf. Do you know that, that the enemy is patient? The wolf is patient? He, just is, he doesn't attack just at any time. He seeks those he may devour. What is the goal of the enemy for you and I? Wait for you to get offended. Wait for you to get hurt. Wait for you to get a little rebellious so you can go a little bit away. Wait till you start complaining and go away from the family, the flock, because they're strength in numbers. They're strength. You, you've seen it in National Geographic or whatever when a lion tries to, to, to get uh, one of those big, big old buffaloes or whatever it is, and they got them, and all of a sudden all these other buffaloes go. You've seen that, right? Big old lion. Now all of a sudden a whole pack of buffalo goes, no, you ain't going to get him. He's part of our flock. He's part of our community. And even though the lion could destroy that buffalo one-on-one, -on -one, when there was a lot of them together, the lion, in this case, flees. But he always attacks the weakest one. He attacks the one who has chosen to separate themselves. He said, the thief is coming. But I love this. He gives the answer to the thief. God, you know why Jesus is such a good shepherd? Because he wouldn't just be a good shepherd and say, I want to tell you I'm the door and the thief is coming. Bye-bye. God bless you. I'll be over here when you need me. He goes, hey, I'm the door. You have access to me anytime you want. I am the door of accessibility to the Father at any time you want. You could come in and get green pastures anytime you want. Oh, and by the way, there's a thief, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So lock your spiritual doors. But I have come. That's what he said. That you, he didn't leave it there. That you may have life and life more abundantly. But I want you to see something I never saw. He said the thief comes. Everybody say the thief comes. 
He says, but I come. He just didn't say, I'm going to do, he goes, I come also. What does that mean? That means he's aggressive. The shepherd is aggressive in nature to protect his sheep. I'm here to announce that the good shepherd is a protector of his sheep. He's a protector of his slams. He's a protector of his children with zeal because a true shepherd in the natural, when they see the wolf, the Bible says if they're a hireling, they flee. If they're hired just for money, they will flee. But a true shepherd will go forward instead of backwards. Listen, know what does that mean? That God, as a good shepherd, is fighting your battles. If you, if you just lean on him, he sees the thief and he's going to be aggressive to make sure that the thief doesn't get you all the way. If you trust the Lord, I'm telling you, he who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, come on. He who dwells in the secret place of the Lord shall dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my rock and my refuge. A thousand may fall at your side, but only with your eyes shall you see the reward of the wicked, for you trust in me. And we say, we tend to say, how can God do this? But he says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. In other words, you're not in this by yourself. Church, you're not in this by yourself. And the moment you have a temptation to be by yourself, and saying, I don't need the church anymore. I don't need the local church anymore. I don't need brothers and sisters anymore. And let me tell you something. Brothers and sisters of the Lord, sometimes they're a little bit cray-cray. And I understand that there are things that just want us to leave. But there should never be a reason for us to be separated Amen. from the Lord. Separated from each other. Come on. Come on. Amen. Separated. Say separated. Because Jesus is basically saying, I'm coming against everything that's trying to come against you. I'm going to come against, in my zeal, everything that's trying to steal from you. Everything that's trying to kill you. Everything that's trying to destroy you. Because I'm not just any shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Come on. He's the great I am. The door and the shepherd. He's Adonai. Come on. He's the king of all kings. He's the lord of all lords. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. Come on. He's the, he, he, he's the great mighty counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty God, Emmanuel. That God is a shepherd. Do you know that I did a study on shepherds and the first shepherds were warriors? Warriors. Because they had to be trained to come against the wolf. You don't have a passive shepherd in Jesus. You have a shepherd that says, they are the apple of my eye. And if you touch them, devil, I'm going to allow it for a season. But as they keep trusting me, I will be against you. Say, where is that in scripture? I resist the proud, but give grace to the humble. You know that word, resist the proud, means I am in direct opposition of you. When God says, I resist the proud, he's saying, I'm on the other side as a defensive lineman. And you're on that side. And my goal is to get through this because I resist the proud. But watch this. I give grace to the humble. And sometimes a loving, good shepherd needs to discipline his sheep so that his sheep can start bearing fruit of righteousness. The Bible says that David says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. <laughs> but now I keep your word. But now I keep your word. This is why we need to stick together and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Let me say that again. 
This because there's a thief that's constantly attacking. Let me tell you, the devil is an opportunist. And he will not stop until he sees a crack in our armor. That's why he says, put on the whole armor of God. Do you know right after, right, right after he says, we rest not against flesh and blood, right after that, and in that same sentence, he said, put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians. Do you understand that temptations open up faster when you are offended and bitter and do things on your own? Let me tell you, I hear this from the Lord just now. You could be physically sitting in here and not be here in your heart. So you could have already left the flock. That's not even in my notes. Thank you, Lord. You could be here and gone at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could be in here and your heart is all bitter because you're not on a certain thing and, and God is not uh, answering your prayers or something says something to you and you're not a part of this team and you don't feel, and listen, and your, your, your feelings are probably valid, but it does not give you an excuse to develop a hard heart because what you're not knowing is there's a, there's a roaring lion watching you. They say, oh, that's the one. They're offended. They don't want to be here anymore. They don't want God anymore. They don't want the people of God anymore. I know this sounds super, super crazy, and I've said this before in my youth ministry days, but that movie Lion King, when Mufasa was here, and, 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 then, and then Simba was right there, and he was little, and he goes, oh, this is ours. In other words, God does have a domain for us. But just because we're Christians, we don't just walk into the club. Just because we're Christians outside of our jurisdiction and just say, well, hey, listen, I, I, I'm full of light, so I'm just going to boogie with them and I'm going to dance with them. I want to drink with them. No, no, no. You've already crossed that line and God is not going to protect you because a thief is looking for open doors. Or you go out and you get drunk all in the name of casual drinking. No, you've opened the door, sir. Or you're watching pornography. You're opening a door. Mufasa said, oh, this is ours. All that? He goes, yeah, but that over there, that's, that you don't go over there. What is that? See, that's, that's the problem with sheep. They're like, oh, that? I'm going to go with that. Jesus said, the Lord said, don't go there. We we're like, that's the, we have like five billion acres that we can explore in the kingdom. There's adventures in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. There's the word of God. There's the presence of God. There's healing. There's laying hands on the sick. There's prophesying. There's speaking in tongues. What an experience that is. But yet, there's an elephant graveyard over here. And you know what happened. The, the, the symbol was curious. By the way, watch out, sheep, for curiosity. Well, I was raised in the church. I'm just curious. Oh, well, I never tried it before. I'm curious. Let me have my little way. You may think you have a season, but that's going to be the most destructive season of your life. And just three months that you're away, the, the enemy could absolutely destroy you. And watch this. Once you're away, it's hard to come back. Mm. Not because the Lord can't do it. It's because of all the strongholds now that are in your mind. Do you know how you create strongholds? Thoughts. And the more thoughts that you open up to, the stronger the strongholds become. They become fortresses. So now you had your little time over there in the elephant graveyard. And then when you, it's like with Simba, you know, it's coming in and, you know, Mufasa comes, Rah! you know. But before, remember, he's like, say Mufasa, ooh. Say it again, Mufasa, ooh. And Simba was in the devil's territory. Hello? 
and he almost got killed. Watch this. Because of his curiosity. How many of us are like that? How many of us are saying, you know what? I've been raised in the church. I think I, I, think I need to explore what's really out there. The devil's like, this is where I got them. Because if I could isolate them from the flock. Oh, come on. You know I'm preaching good here. Some of you could testify right now what I'm talking about. How hard it is. And in your mind, you're like, I'm just going to go out for a couple weeks. And it was two, three, four, five, six, seven years that you got sucked into that lifestyle. Come on, somebody. Woo! The wolf observes who has isolated themselves from the flock so they could be easy prey for the wolf. Now watch this. Watch this. Look at this next slide. The enemy wants to scatter the sheep so he can seek to destroy the sheep. You know the enemy's goal is to scatter you from the flock, from community, from relationship with God? Do you realize? I said that in the, in the past, but I'm going to say it again. Listen, if I went to, to like in the hood, you know, or Compton or whatever, you know, and I went by myself to some dark places and I tried to do some stuff, I'll be a little intimidated. I mean, I'm being honest with you. I mean, you're surrounded by like, but man, when I have like 100 people with me, I'll be like... What's up then? What's up then? What's up? And they're like. What you going to do? You know why? Because there's strength in numbers. United we stand, divided we fall. A house divided cannot stand. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So he seeks to scatter the unity. Look at this. This is the next point. One of the goals of Jesus, please hear me, guys, of the good shepherd is to bring us together in unity. You know one of the reasons he's good, why he's good? Because he recognizes what you don't recognize. When you're out there doing your thing or you're hurt, you don't recognize that you actually have opened the door for the roaring lion to start seeking to devour you. You don't understand that it's the goal of the enemy to get you isolated. That's why a couple weeks ago I preached on being planted. Why? Because I'm just going to be honest. Because I see it happening in the church, and I see it happening in our church. And one of the things that I need to do as a shepherd of this house is to address the isolation syndrome. I understand. I'm not just talking about church attendance. I'm talking about isolation from the community of God that extends far more than Sunday morning service. That now you don't even attend anything. You're out by yourself. Then guess what happens? You stop reading the word. You stop praying. And temptation becomes so easy. Look at John 10. That same chapter. Verse 16. Just a couple verses down. Oh God, I never saw this. This is his desire. Verse 16. Are you getting anything out of this? Hmm. I feel some things in the Lord. Some of you are about to quit some things that God has had you start. Because you're believing a lie of the enemy. And I have other sheep, Jesus said, not of this fold that I'm going to bring in and they will listen to my voice. So they, there will be one flock and one shepherd. I believe he was just talking about others that will come in his lifetime. 
but he also was talking about Jews and Gentiles one day coming together. Listen, like a room like this, that we're a bunch of Gentiles. Thousands of years later, we're not the Jewish people, but we were grafted in by the blood of Jesus, right? Right, 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 right. And he calls us Gentiles his sheep. Because he wants unity. My, my brother Andres has been praying for unity for years. But this is what God wants. Unity among brothers and sisters. Does not mean we agree on everything. Unity does not mean that we agree with everything. But it means that we're together. And it means we got each other's back. Come on. It means that we are there for those who are wounded because the pastor can't see everybody. You need to be around people. This is what I tell people all the time. You know what my greatest, wep my greatest weapon as a, as a pastor is my leaders because my leaders know around you like Tiffany and PK and Harvest and, 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 and Lewis. Why? And they all have these little groups of people that are part of our flock that they're helping disciple. But if you're not plugged in, please, please hear me. I, I say this in love. You may seem invisible, not on purpose. It's just because you're not seen. If you're not plugged in, even if it's just faithfully coming to Sunday and just receiving, allow yourself to be part of the flock of God. You want, you, you want to see true power? Because there's power in the anointing. But you know what? There's power times 100 when we get unified. There is power like a, so imagine one hose uh, uh, putting uh, the, the pressure into a dam that has cracks. Then imagine 100 hoses putting that pressure. The power and intensity of those things coming together will cause great damage to the kingdom of darkness in your life. Because I don't know where I would be without the flock of God when in my early days and I was about to face some persecution and verbal persecution I would call the flock I would call people to help me with my situation and encourage me but watch this Psalm 133 the the big scripture look at this Chris verse 1 through 3 in the New King James watch how unity brings anointing that we're going to close because he's a good shepherd everybody say good shepherd everybody say unity before you read this identify the voice that's speaking into your mind right now identify that voice Remember, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. There was other, other, other shepherds or thieves that would try to whisper. Listen, what did he say? And the sheep did not listen to their voice. Have you ever seen a video? I wish I would have showed it to you of, a, of, of people, different people trying to call for a sheep and the sheep would not move. Have you seen those videos? It's out on the internet. I wish I would have showed it to you. There's this one video, this, this video uh, we're going to read the scripture in a second. This one guy uh, was testing the scripture. And there's a shepherd that would always speak to the sheep naturally and would feed them for a couple years. All of a sudden, they said, let's test it. Had all these people say the same command, like Yoda, Yoda, woo, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Something like that. And so somebody would come in and say, Yoda, hey, hey, hey. And they were like, didn't even listen. They would say the same command as a shepherd, and the sheep did nothing. Then the next girl would come in and say, And the sheep was like, listen, the same word. Three or four people said the same word that the shepherd used to gather the sheep. Now, it was beautiful. Next week, I'll show it to you. All of a sudden, the shepherd comes who's been feeding them, who's been loving on them, who's been protecting them. 
who saved them from trouble. He says the same exact word, Yodelehu, and all the sheep goes. And I mean, my hair stood up. Like it was like all these sheep ran to the voice of the shepherd. Why? Because the sheep recognize the true shepherd's voice. What is the voice you're listening to? What is the voice that you're listening to that is convincing you to separate yourself and isolate yourself and withdraw yourself? Do you remember Peter? The Peter was following at a distance. Do you know that you could follow God at a distance and it's still not okay? The Bible says Peter followed at a distance. The problem with the church is we're okay with following God at a distance. But the progression of a backslider is that when you follow God at a distance, now what happens, you are separated, like we were talking about. Guess what happened? He was in the fire, and hey, are you one of them? I saw you. No. And, and Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. No, I ain't. I'm going to go to jail for you. You're my Jesus. You're my king. You're God. Now, all of a sudden, because he's following at a distance, the other guy, oh, hey, you, you're, you're, no, you're, you're not. Three times. I told you. And the Bible says he cursed. I told you, you bleep, 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 bleep. I don't know the man. That's what the Bible says. He, he, he cursed. All of a sudden. Burr, 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 burr. And he cried because he remembered that Jesus prophesied. Peter, you have a tendency. You're going to believe a lie. And you're going to be separated. And the devil wants to take you like wheat. But the goal, listen, if the goal of the devil is to scatter... The goal of Jesus is to unite. Because there's power in unity of the saints. I said there's power in unity of the saints of God. We're all on the same team. We're all in the same family. Let's stop fighting each other and fight the real war together. Come on. Let's fight the real war together. Pray for each other. Love one another. Encourage one another. Come on, somebody. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for a brethren to dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil upon Worship the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Say that again. It's like the precious what? Oil upon what? the head. Okay, what brings the oil, church? Bless, brethren, say that again, are those who dwell together in unity. Everybody say dwell together, dwell together. in unity. Dwell together. In unity. In unity. What is that like? Read that again. It is like the is precious like oil, oil upon the head, mm. running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Jesus died on a cross with his blood shed. So we could be part of a family of God. We don't fully understand it because we've been hurt by the family of God. We don't fully understand it. But here I'm going to challenge you if you're part of the church. Let's look out for one another. Here's a command that I'm going to give you or encourage me. Sorry. Look out for those sheep. Please hear me now that you know are about to isolate themselves and go to the elephant graveyard. Look out for them because I can't do it by myself. 
I, I, years ago, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, why did Moses, that, that you appeared to him, and the only person that appeared to him and showed your glory, right? Why did Moses need spies when he saw you face to face, the only human being that saw you face to face? Why would he need spies to spy out Jericho? You know what the Lord told me? He says, because not, even in his greatness, and even in his um, greatness to see, Moses could not see everything. He has blind spots. So he had to get some spies to spy out the land. And only two of them came with a positive report. Joshua and Caleb. Why do I say this? Here's, please hear me. This, this, this is something I'm about to say that I hardly ever say. We as a church, please hear me. Please hear me. This is important for me and for God. We need to not only receive the nature of the good shepherd. We need to adopt the nature of the good shepherd. We need to receive the nature that he's good and he's a protector over me. Listen to me. I'm about to close with something good and encouraging. But I need to take on the nature of the good shepherd, which is this. If you know, please, please hear me. I feel this in my heart. If you know someone is drifting, you know what most people do? I'm guilty of it too. We pray for them, but we don't reach out to them. You know why? Because we feel that in their state, they're going to snap at us. <laughs> what I'm saying though, Miss Linda, is that some people value more the opinions of what other people is going to say than the soul of that person departing. There's times I've texted people and I've said, hey, I'm thinking about you. I haven't seen you in church in a long time or I'm praying for you, whatever. I'm not saying everybody's this way, but there are some, if we're not careful, they're like, why is he texting me so much? Leave me alone. Do you see the pattern of the enemy is to get you by yourself. And then when you're by yourself, if I can't reach you, I'm asking you to reach them because I can't see it all. There are people in our church that are this close from going to the elephant's graveyard. And I don't know anything about it. You may know about it, though. You need to adopt the nature of the shepherd and say, hey, listen, I love you enough to tell you even if you snap at me, you're going the wrong way. I said, you're going the wrong way. We're part of a flock. We're part of a thing. And then ask them, how can I pray for you? Did anybody hurt you? Forgive me if I hurt you. You know that the church and leadership can't please everybody. You know that, right? I'm darn if I do and darn if I don't. <laughs> like if I don't call you, Pastor George just forgot about me. If I keep calling you, he thinks I'm backsliding. <laughs> he keeps calling me. He must think I'm backsliding. Leave me alone. Or the church doesn't love me because they haven't reached out to me. Please make your need known. If there's something that's going on with your life, please ask for prayer please get with one of our leaders please answer the altar call please look for someone that can help you and you know why Jesus is so good Ugh. are you ready let me get these two main points out of me you know why Jesus is good the shepherd because once he knows the flock is tight you know what he does he leaves the 99 and goes after the one <laughs> why does he go after the one not just because he loves him, not just because he loves her, 
because he is zealous and the time is ticking because Jesus knows that the one that's out by themselves is about to be devoured by the, by the wolf. So the sheep, the, the Bible says Jesus leaves the 99. He goes, you guys are good right here. We're going to put a fence around you. Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. He puts a fence. He puts a fence around the sheep that are doing the good thing. I'll be right back. And he looked for the one that has left the flock. Why? Not only because he loves them, because there's danger about to get them. Watch this. And he grabs him, puts him on the shoulder, and brings him back to the flock. Oh, wait. Did you hear that? This is, this is a word right here. He brings them back to the community of sheep. Come on, church. We spiritualize everything. I don't need the church. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. I'm asking you to be like Jesus and take on the nature, to leave the 99 and go for that one. Call that one. Can, can, I, can I just be honest? Can I be honest? We need each other. I need encouragement too. So sometimes I got a text and encourages me. I got a scripture and encourages me. But let me tell you, you have not because you ask not. And the last point I'm going to say is this. No matter what you're going through as a sheep, nothing can be able to be strong enough to eventually snatch you out of his hands once you are his. I know you may be going through some dark times. I know you may be going through some trials. But if you're really part of the kingdom of God, there is no way that that trial, if you call to God, is strong enough to rip you out of his hands. Here is a promise from God for you. Our good shepherd is stronger than your trial. Our good shepherd is stronger than your affliction. Our good shepherd is stronger than your financial breakup. Our, uh, our shepherd is stronger than your hurt in that relationship. And he will not let you go. He will not let you go. Look, look, look. Look at John 10, the last scripture. Verse 27. Look at what it says. It says, my sheep hear my voice. John 10 verse 27. And I know them. Come on, church. Look at the screen. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. Are you ready? And no one will be able to snatch you out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one, come on, say no one, is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. Come on, church. You have a shepherd that holds you tight. You have a shepherd that won't let you go. Even when you want to backslide, he says, I love you too much. I can't. You can't be snatched out of my hands. You can't be snatched out of my grip. I know you want to go astray, but it kills you. Every time you go to the elephant's graveyard, it kills you inside. But I have a hold on you. I got a hold on you. I'm the great shepherd. The thief is coming, but the shepherd is coming. The shepherd is coming. The shepherd is coming. Come on. Give God praise. Come on. Give God praise. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.